Teen Time Presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.hk. Teen Time Podcast On Demand. Welcome back to the Teen Time Science Blog. I'm Neil Chase. You might have seen on TV last week the devastating images of tornadoes ripping through southern parts of the United States. Hundreds of people died and thousands more lost their homes. Tornadoes are devastating funnels of wind and are much more intense and localized than any typhoons that might strike Hong Kong, and they are far harder to predict too. But why is that? A tornado needs warm, moist air to react with cold, fast-moving air to form. And although meteorologists can see when those conditions are around, it is still almost impossible to say where and when the deadly winds will strike. What's more baffling this year is that most of the storms seem to have been in populated areas and not rural ones, where tornadoes usually strike more often. And when they do form, the power they wield is immense. The potential devastation huge, and a whole street can be levelled in just seconds. You don't need me to tell you that men are different to women, but how different are we in making decisions? In a new survey just out, it seems that women will think more about making a judgment on something that is not straightforward. For instance, if answering strange questions like "Is paint a tool?" or "Is a tomato a fruit?", men generally give immediate yes/no answers, whilst women would consider the question more before answering and give answers like "Maybe" or "It depends." The study from Britain's University of Warwick suggests that the two sexes think differently in the way that we categorize things. Of course, one way is not necessarily better than the other way, but it is further evidence that men and women think differently. One of the frustrating aspects of living in some really dry countries, where there is never enough water, is that they can get quite foggy. This doesn't happen everywhere, and usually just happens at the coast or at the tops of mountains or in valleys. It's frustrating because that fog contains water, but it quickly gets evaporated by the hot sun, and so doesn't form streams or lakes where people could collect it and use it. The answer is a process called fog harvesting. The principle is that if you put a mesh of some type outside late at night, then in the early morning it would make the fog condense onto that material to form water. The system has worked before, but it has been too expensive for poor countries. However, some new developments in fog harvesting have successfully used much cheaper materials that can extract around one liter of water per square meter of mesh material per day. It still needs more investment, but could eventually lead to fog nets, like fishing nets, but for fog to condense even more water. If successful, this would be a vital help to poor, dry countries. Unfortunately, the science world depends on many things, most importantly, politics and money. Given a limitless budget, we could research limitless projects. But in these tough financial times, there is rarely enough money to go around. 
the latest financial casualty is the SETI Institute, that's Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. It is the organization that scans the skies for messages that might be from alien life forms trying to contact us. They have a powerful new array of radio telescopes north of San Francisco, but it looks like they won't be searching for ET anytime soon, as the budget to run the collection of telescopes has run out. It is hoped that more money will be found, but until another 8 million US dollars appears, we won't be able to listen closely to any conversation from the stars. However, there might be money in space tourism, but how much would you be willing to pay for a trip to the moon and back? The Space Adventures Company has pledged to offer a trip into space around the moon and back to Earth in the next five years, and that they have already sold one ticket to do so. There would be no moon landing involved, but the craft would orbit the moon at a height of around 100 kilometers, so low enough to see the mountains and craters. The company hasn't confirmed how they would be making the journey, and if it would involve a trip to the International Space Station in orbit along the way, but they are seriously planning this adventure to anyone with a deep enough pocket. And how much might it set you back? 150 million US dollars, so more than 1 billion Hong Kong dollars. No date for the mission has been set yet, so at least it gives you more time to save up your money, just in case you do want a trip to the moon. I'm Neil Chase, and that's it for the Science Blog for this week. Read it back again on the Teen Time website, and I'll see you next Thursday evening for more. Teen Time presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.hk. Teen Time, Podcast On Demand.